If you like what you hear, come and visit me at youtube.com slash tiptoe the tank and see this content in all its glory. From the abyss they came. Long, long before Hallownest came to be, an ancient civilization crept from the dark abyss. What was left behind, the remnants we can find, are some of their works, some of their crafts, as well as their hollowed out shells and corpses, great beasts, some of them, harrowing in feature and size. But alas, long gone. Their stories to never be told. It rather breaks the heart, doesn't it? The mystery of what was once there, what they left behind. From where they emerged, the abyss. It was a place of utmost importance. Within the abyss was the void. Those are frightening words, aren't they? Abyss, void. To us, creatures who live under the open sky, who walk in the sunlight, at least for the most part. Yes, the darkness of the abyss would be frightening. But this is a place that is not for us. Not at all. The void, in the presence of light, remains still and docile. It rests like water. When left untamed and non-illuminated, it thrashes about its basin. If pulled into form, if given structure, it will attack and act wildly. But if given form, in harmony and unity, it will be subdued, passive, controlled, I wish I could tell you sweeping tales of the ancient things that came from the abyss, but I can't. About the kingdom above the abyss, we can find totems infused with the arcane life force called soul, or relics adorned with engravings, giving the slightest insight into the ways of those ancient beings. They lived alongside the void, like creatures of emptiness. Yet grand and magnificent, they had to have been, no? But of their customs and practices, their culture, I can't say much more. They disappeared long ago. Even exactly when, I couldn't say. Kingdoms rose and fell in their time above the abyss. But creatures of emptiness and void were not the only beings to walk these ancient places. Darkness only carries its weight where light might exist. And there were other tribes in this place that we call Hallownest that were born of radiance. Beings who worshipped the light. The moths. Born from her light, the luminous shine of the Radiance. The Moths were not a warring people, so to speak, a warring species, I suppose. There were very few exceptions to this. Their birth from and worship of the Radiance, of the Light, gave the Moths the abilities to harness the energies of essence, to shape dreams, to craft charms and objects of dream and light. One may be familiar to you, the Dream Nail. Do you remember the Dream Nail? How you could harvest essence and soul with it, dive into the dreams of the slumbering, hear the thoughts of those who have passed and those who are unaware. Change in the passage of time is inevitable. Another being came to this place. The Worm. Another ancient being who traveled across a distance unknown to find this place that we call Hollownest. In this place, the Worm found a wild, untamed collection of insects and creatures. They were of nature, unthinking, confined to their base instincts. But the worm, through death and rebirth in the bowels of an ancient basin, was born anew in the image of those who roamed this wild place, reborn as the Pale King. He wished to be seen as a god-king, and he was. He bestowed upon his people their minds and their will. He laid the foundation for an empire to come, and in return, he was worshipped as a god. Some within this kingdom credited the Pale King as the creator of life, of the world. He ruled from within the Grand White Palace. The White Lady became his mate. 
transit systems were created, roads to carry his people across the kingdom for commerce and leisure. Region by region, the denizens of Hollownest all fell in line to the Pale King, happily accepting this godlike being to be their master. So too did the moths. Remember them? The children of light, of the radiance. They already served her, yet when the Pale King came to oversee this place called Hollownest, eventually, the moths also happily fell in line. They were given oversight of the sacred resting grounds in service to the kingdom. They eventually abandoned their own altars to the Radiance, turned their backs on their birth-giver, and embraced the Pale King as their god-king instead. It was a great sin, that thing, to abandon her, to forget her, to replace her. Death comes when one is forgotten, and the Radiance was approaching a form of death. When her children forgot about her, the Radiance was locked away, but she did not accept this betrayal, this crime. She would not accept dismissal from the minds of those lesser than herself, let alone her own creations. From her lingering prison, the Radiance began to seep into the dreams of the creatures of Hollownest, to exert her will, to reclaim something for herself. But this invasion broke their minds. First they fell into deep slumber, then they awoke with broken minds. Those who broke became vicious and unthinking towards those around them. The infection that passes from creature to creature grants strength and courage, but it also seems to enslave the will. Unwilling to be taken by this strange dream influence, unwilling to be reduced back to their base instincts, they fought against the Radiance, not knowing what it was. But as they fought against it, a sickness took hold. An infection, a formless volatile illness. It commanded dominance over those who were infected. The Radiance was getting what she wanted. Whether she meant for it to happen this way or not, whether the plight of these beings was a burden to her, I can't say. There was no reverse course as the Blight's brutality gained momentum after the deaths began. The infection began to spread. The Pale King did not sit idly by as his people suffered, of course not. The Pale King and his mate, the White Lady, created many spawn, born of God, born in the Abyss, born with void within. His intention was to create a pure vessel to trap and contain the Radiance, something that she could not influence, a prison within the vessel's mind that she could never escape. No mind to think, no will to break, no voice to cry. She could not take hold over them, she could not infect them so she would be trapped. Thousands, tens of thousands of their spawn were deemed useless and discarded deep within the abyss. This was not meant as a cruelty, no, remember. No mind to think, no will to break, no voice to cry. But finally one was found and deemed to be pure. The Pale King took his little vessel out from the abyss, and with this part of his mission complete, he sealed this place of birth away and locked it tight with the King's brand below the ancient basin. This vessel was raised by the Pale King for one purpose only, to one day act as a jailer to the Radiance. But the vessel would not act alone in the salvation of Hollownest. Others would act in its aid. The Pale King asked three exceptional beings to lend their aid to this process. They would be called the Dreamers. They would eternally slumber, and in their sleep they would act as the seal, locking the vessel within the Temple of the Black Egg. They would keep the vessel and the radiance contained within the temple 
free from outside influence and forbidden from leaving. These three dreamers were Lurian the Watcher, Monomon the Teacher, and Hera the Beast. Lurian the Watcher oversaw the City of Tears from high atop a great spire. He agreed to the task with no hesitation. Monomon the Teacher once resided over a great archive within the Fog Canyon. She studied the radiance, the vessels, the infection. She too agreed to the task of the Pale King with no hesitation. Hera the Beast, however, was not so simple. Deep within the spider-ridden place called Deep Nest, Hera the Beast was a queen, and the creatures of Deep Nest were not so keen on accepting the Pale King as their ruler. She agreed to act as one of the dreamers only if the Pale King would impregnate her, so that before she passed into slumber, she could leave behind an heir. He agreed, and from this liaison, Hera had a daughter that she would name Hornet. Perhaps one day we'll talk more in depth about the mighty, mighty Hornet. But Hera and Hornet only had a short time together before Hera had to fulfill her task and fall into eternal slumber. When the time came, when the vessel was grown into its prime form, the radiance was indeed imprisoned within it. The vessel is what we now call the Hollow Knight. No mind to think, no will to break, no voice to cry, except the Pale King misjudged the purity of the vessel, the Hollow Knight. Something was instilled within the Hollow Knight in its time with the Pale King. Perhaps it was a fondness for him. It was tarnished by an idea instilled. The Hollow Knight had the slightest grip within itself that the Radiance could find hold on. Because of the Hollow Knight's impurity as a vessel, because of this seeming imperfection, the Radiance could not be contained forever. The Dreamers could not keep her within the tomb that they kept closed. In the end, these great sacrifices were for nothing. And as the Radiance began to dominate the already broken down sentient creatures of the kingdom, the Pale King realized his failure. He shed his form, leaving it to rest upon his throne, and departed from Hollow Nest to places unknown, his fate unknown. Such sacrifices for nothing. But deep down in the abyss, something stirred. Discarded vessels could stir and wander, but only a few ever roamed, and fewer still discovered a way out of the abyss. One of them, the Knight, wandered the wastelands beyond the kingdom for some time, forgetting the abyss, forgetting their siblings. As Hollow Nest fell into infection, as the Hollow Knight grew and then failed to eternally imprison the Radiance, this little knight wandered about with only their cracked weapon, a nail. But something called to the little knight, called it back to Hollow Nest, the home that it never knew. Was it the call of the Radiance, calling to the little knight with promises of power, or of its sibling, the Hollow Knight, calling for aid in its failing task. Descending the howling cliffs, the knight comes to the nigh-abandoned town of Dirtmouth. This was a place once bustling with life, a frequently traveled town by those traveling to the kingdom. But now, only one soul remains, the Elderbug. Most of the buildings have been long since abandoned. The tram systems are closed down. It's quiet here, it's lonely. The roads to the kingdom have been sealed to contain the blight. The lands around the town are a wasteland. Past residents were called down into the infected city by the Radiance to meet their inevitable doom. Now it's just Elderbug. He's a sad being, but he's happy to help the knight along, recognizing that everyone goes into the ground, into the kingdom. 
There is still life to this place, though. Stories to be discovered and choices to be made. There's Quirrell, the once pupil of the dreamer Monomon the teacher, who carries her mask upon his head, who remembers little of his former life after his time in the wastelands, away from the powerful influence of the Pale King's kingdom. Myla, who sings a happy song as she mines for treasure near the mysterious crystal peaks. Myla, whose pure and happy song was distorted by the radiance entering her mind. Myla, who in the end turns on the night, who even after infection, yet still sings a happy song in her mind. Iselda and Cornifer, a husband and wife duo. Iselda was once an adventurer, a warrior, who gave up her perilous life to live more soundly and peacefully as a merchant. Her husband, Cornifer, is a seasoned cartographer. He travels about Hollownest, mapping out its roads for a price, lending his knowledge to the night, as the two are kindred spirits. Not far from the intersection of the crossroads, the Grubfather weeps for his children who have been lost. If the knight will just please search for his children who have been locked away around the kingdom, the Grubfather will happily reward the knight for his efforts. He so wishes for his children to come home. The last stag is an aged creature, the last of his kind within the kingdom. Once, when the kingdom still brimmed with life, he and his kin would roam the stagways of Hollownest, carrying its denizens about. If the knight will just reopen the stagway stations up to him, he will happily transport the knight about free of charge. He remembers much about those now forgotten places. Even in his old age, he can still remember them. He can still remember them well. A once great nail sage is here too, Sly. Though, like Zelda, he too now takes up work as a hard bargaining merchant of charms and goods. When the knight finds Sly, he's captured in a haze, a dreamlike state, and influence is falling over him. Should the knight free him, the once teacher and warrior will return to Dirtmouth alongside the Elderbug and Zelda, and act as a tradesman for the knight in his journeys. Zot the Mighty roams Hollownest dreaming of fulfilling a promise that he made to himself, a dream of finding glory. Zote is quite unkind to the knight, insulting them at every turn. Zote seeks adventure and he seeks victory. He won't let a little setback like being picked up by a giant fly or a spider stop him. In fact, Zote will test his mettle in the glorious Colosseum. Zote will woo a lady in Dirtmouth and he will fight for her honor within the dreams of the damsel. The knight finds the princess Hornet, a daughter of the dreamer Hera the Beast and the Pale King, a sibling of the knight. Hornet wanders the dying kingdom, protecting the lands from would-be thieves and ne'er-do-wells, protecting the temple of the black egg that her mother slumbers to keep sealed. Hornet searches Hollownest for answers. As the two siblings meet throughout their own adventures, Hornet tests the knight and sees potential within them to stop the Radiance. Another adventurer is waiting for answers within Hollownest, a warrior named Cloth. She wishes only to fight great foes, often fighting her own fears and cowardice to do so. Cloth, she seeks death in combat. She wishes to be reunited with someone or something called Nola, and she will only be reunited through death. 
These are just a few glimpses into the creatures of Hollownest. The choices of the night can and will impact these beings. As the night searches out greater power, fiercer enemies, more harrowing places, eventually they find the dreamers. Hera, Monomon, and Lurian. Within the place called Green Path, the dreamers call to the night. Let us sleep, little shadow. Return to your darkness. Allow us our peace, they say to the night. Then much later, far to the east, the night finds pillars of the three. There, the confession that the seal holding the Hollow Knight and the Radiance cannot and must not be broken yet. The Hollow Knight is weakening. The infection is coming forth anew. The seal must be broken. There must be a remedy. They cannot remain this way. So long as the seal remains upon the temple doors, the dreamers will hold true to their task. They put the night into slumber, into a world of dreams of essence and light. Within is the dreamy form of a moth. Remember, they were the weavers of dreams, children of the radiance. This moth figure deems the deed of the dreamers to be cruel, to cast the night into this place between body and soul. The moth guides the night, on to cut their way out through this forgotten dream, gifting the night with the dream nail, that tool of the moths that could see into the minds and the dreams of those with soul. This moth that now guides the night is the seer, the last of their kind. She remembers the sins of her kin, their forgetfulness and abandonment of the radiance. Their crime and betrayal of the Radiance is what has caused all of this. The Seer will guide the Knight on in the use of this dream nail in the harvesting of essence. A great deal of it will be needed to find the Pale King's once home, to open the path forward to the Radiance if that is what the Knight chooses to do. That is your own decision to make in your own journey. But for this journey, oh yes, the Knight will collect all that is needed to get into that palace. Through infection-ridden, maddened foes, dream warriors who cannot abandon their station, through hazards and dangers that defy reason, the night fights on. Hera the Beast is the first of the dreamers whose seal is broken, and upon this deed, the crossroads about the Temple of the Black Egg are flooded with the oozing pustules of the infection, further maddening and enraging the creatures within. Yet more enemies, great and small, are cut down as the knight climbs the spires of the Crystal Peak. Here lies the slumbering Lurian the Watcher. Within his dreams, he resists the knight, telling him that he does not wish for his seal to be broken. The seal must remain, but the knight is on a path which must not be interfered with. Lurian the Watcher cannot succeed in his task. The seal must be broken, and thus it is so. Next, on to Monomon the Teacher, who rests within her archives at the Fog Canyon. Deep in the heart of the archives, Quirrell awaits. He remembers bits and pieces about Monomon. Quirrell was her student, her assistant. Monomon was the one that called Quirrell here to return her mask. Monomon knows of the knight's task and wishes to aid him. She allows the knight to end her watch, to undo her seal. And now there are choices for the night. The easiest thing to do would be to run to the Temple of the Black Egg, to fight the Hollow Knight, thus usurping his place, taking the Radiance unto himself as the Jailer, ending the infection. Or the Knight can fight on. Find the essence about this place, 
awaken his dream nail into a greater weapon, and use it to find the White Palace, the once home to the Pale King and the White Lady. Travel the harrowing halls of this place, conquer its trials, eat the pain, climb to the top. There the knight finds the carcass of the Pale King. He's long since fled Hollow Nest, abandoned his people. On the shell of the king is something most interesting. One half of a charm. The king's soul charm. But where is the other half? Who could have something like that in possession? Who would the Pale King trust with the other half of this? Could it be that the White Lady still lives? Indeed, the White Lady is still here. She has not fled this kingdom. Hidden away within the Queen's garden, she sits and gently speaks to the knight of her once mate, the Pale King, the fondness that she has for Hornet's birth. She is here because she wishes to be so. And she gives the little knight the other half of the King's soul charm. In itself, it's a powerful item, yet the knight knows of a place, deeper than the guts of the kingdom, a place that was locked away long ago, the Abyss. Hornet guards the key to the Abyss, the King's brand, nestled within the cast-off shell of the worm, where the Pale King was birthed. She won't let the knight through without a fight. But once the knight does indeed best her, Hornet acknowledges that perhaps this is the way forward, but is it right? The doors into the Abyss open for the knight now. The knight does not remember what this place is, their history, their birth here, but with the King's soul charm on, there's a rumbling at the bottom of this dark, frightening place. Deeper still, the knight must go, fighting the wild, untamed void of his siblings along the way. Down, down, down. Until the knight finds an egg. Striking it with the awakened dream nail, the knight is taken into the memory of another vessel, the Hollow Knight before he grew into his prime form, where the pure vessel was chosen and the abyss was sealed by the Pale King. This was the Hollow Knight's birthplace, and here, the powerful King Soul charm changes into something else entirely, the Void Heart. Now, the void beings of the abyss will no longer strike at the night. It is unified within the night and their will. This is the path that the knight has chosen for this adventure. On to the Temple of the Black Egg. It's finally time. Hornet waits outside. She cannot go in. She is not a vessel devoid of thought, emotion, and voice. She cannot aid the knight until the moment is just right. She stands with the knight in this endeavor. She will see this through to the end. Within the temple, is the Hollow Knight, waiting for its sibling to arrive. Infection is coursing through this being. It truly was not suited for such a task as this for eternity. The radiance grows stronger all the time. So far gone is the Hollow Knight that it even uses the infection and blight as a weapon against the Little Knight. But Hornet, she stays true to her word. Amidst the chaos and the frenzy, she lands a true shot into the head of the Hollow Knight, bringing it down. Perhaps she meant to aid in the killing blow, but essence is erupting from the wound atop the Hollow Knight's head, as though there are dreams surging about in this being. 
with the strike of the awakened dream nail. Into the mind of the Hollow Knight goes our little knight to face the true final challenge of this journey. She killed thousands through infection. She brought this kingdom into ruin. Countless sacrifices were made to oppose her. A pit filled with corpses of the knight's siblings rests below the kingdom. So much lost, abandoned, given up because she could not stand to be forgotten, because she demanded to be worshipped, because she would not be usurped by her foe, the Void. It is a knock-down, drag-out fight that is relentless, and it is long. Even at the end, when she is clearly beaten, the Radiance goes so far as to flee and continue to shoot, never giving up, fighting until the last possible moment. But the Knight does reach her within this forgotten dream. And in the end, the siblings bring her down. The Hollow Knight opens her to a savage beating at the hands of the Void Master Knight. And finally, finally, the madness ends. The Knight and their sibling Hollow Knight are gone. The infection is gone. The temple vanishes. The many siblings of the Knight within the abyss are laid to rest. Hornet, though, Hornet lives. Rising from the rubble of the fight, she's free to carry on as she chooses, perhaps on to a new adventure, leaving behind the tragic tales of Hollow Nest. Where next shall our princess go?